It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. It is Carcon Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. The car in question is my Mazda 3. I'm James Van Osdell. Sitting shotgun today, Dennis Buckley, frontman for 88 Fingers Louie, an exemplary punk rock band from the city of Chicago. Oh, hello. We're sitting on Fullerton Avenue, West Fullerton. Uh, you picked the place. I did. And it's called... <laughs> you have to look at it, don't you? It's the Taqueria El Tapatio. Right. Mexican cuisine and pizza. And pizza. That was the weirdest thing. We walked in. <laughs> I'm totally ready to get some kind of chorizo, taco, or burrito thing. And they've got, just got pizza sitting out there. I'm thinking if you're going to a taqueria, that's yeah. the last thing you want. Well, you know, maybe you want a little bit of Italy with your Mexican. It's like going to the food court, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what this place is like. Uh, the food actually <laughs> smells good. We've got a bunch of it here. We're sitting here on a very cold Chicago day. Last time I saw you was in the dead heat of the end of summer at yeah riot, at riot fest yeah a little little rainy a little muddy but definitely hotter than today so i i guess for the uninitiated do the, give us the 88 fingers louis primer a short history of 88 fingers louis oh all right uh started somewhere in the area of april 1993 uh april 93 to summer 96 then a little break and then February of 98 to the summer of 99. And let me interrupt. That, that first stretch, <laughs> you guys were, I mean, your name came up a lot. Yeah. You, you were busy. Things were going on yep. in, in the punk rock scene in general and with you guys. Right. All right. Sorry. Keep going. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, took a little break. Then we uh, got back 98 to uh, middle of 99. Then took about 10 years off. And um, why is that? Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the fast-forwarded version of that would be uh, that I was um, not a willing participant um, in full-time music at about 1999. You just had enough? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask what it was? Was it the touring? Was it just the, the scene? Was it the... It, it was, was just... Was it age? It was. Not yet it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, my son uh, at the time um, was five going on six um, and... Uh, excuse me, four going on five, and I just felt like, you know, I missed a lot um, when he was first born, and I didn't want to miss um, too much after that, so I I kind of wanted to um, be at home for that, and I just, you know, some people are cut out for um, being on the road for extended periods of time, I I just wasn't one of those guys. I bet it's hard. Yeah. I, I've, I've never had any other illusion other than it's, it seems like a, a tough, tough thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it, grind. It's 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 not like you know it's not like working um, in a machine shop, but it's it's it wears in you after a while. You have well, no, no... for that hour you're on stage. I'm sure there's nothing better when people are oh, yeah. like, are singing along, flailing themselves at you. I'm sure there's nothing better. But yeah. it's the city to city. It's the right. lack of sleep. It's the eating poorly. It's all that. Oh yeah, all that. That's the sleep sleeping. You know, uh, pretending that you're ten years younger and drinking beer like it's water. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's funny, the thing you said about not wanting to miss your son, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Bunny Carlos from Cheap Trick 
you know, there's been yeah. this longstanding rift between he and the rest of the band. Right. And it came out, I was reading one of the, the rock sites over the past week or so, and it came out, he was pissed at Robin Zander, the lead singer, because it's something to do with doing a run of Beatles shows in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and Zander didn't want to commit to it because his son was going to kindergarten and he didn't want to, like, didn't want to be away from that. Right. And that didn't sit well with Bunny Carlos, but I read it, I'm like, oh, I totally, like... Robin Sand, Cheap Tricks made its money. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Like, he doesn't need to do it necessarily. No. Yeah, so I totally understood that. Oh, yeah. I got that. I I, I think I, Bunny's reaction was something like, we're skipping this out so you're, basically said, so your dumb kid could go to kindergarten. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when Robin told him to go F himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, hooray for Cheap Trick. Oh, yeah. About time. <laughs> it's about, about time. damn time. All right, so... You said enough's enough. I'm, I'm putting the brakes on this. Yeah. What brought the band back together, and when? Um, 2009. Uh, Dan and I had talked about, um, you know, we'd smooth things over over the years, and we talked about maybe um, doing some, you know, doing at least a show to kind of commemorate. Hey, it's been ten years since we played our last show. This this could be kind of cool. And ten years seems like a magic number. Yeah, for, right. Uh, Ten-year reunions are the, the age. <laughs> it, it gives the old fans enough time to really miss you. Yeah. And it gives new fans enough time to say, God, I wish I'd seen them when, but I'll, I'll never have the chance what was me. It's like right. those two things kind of come together after 10 years. You get the old crowd and the new crowd. Yeah, and it's and the new crowd are kids of the old crowd, which still blows my mind. That's fantastic. It still blows my mind. So, you know, we reached out to... To Joe, who obviously has uh, been real busy with Rise Against over the years, just to see if he'd be available. He he had a pass on it, but he gave us you know his blessing. So we play with a buddy of ours um, for this sh- for that show, um, and uh, it was great. And it kind of led to a couple other festival shows and a couple weekend warrior things here and there. And then um, right around the start of 2010, we uh, or I'm sorry, the end of 2010, we all kind of mutually agreed that hey, we. You know, this is fun, but we, for the first time, we all kind of mutually thought it's 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 good to put the stop on it now. And then, 2013 marked 20 years since the band had started. Amazing, and believe it or which not, which is crazy because that would mean I'm old, and that can't possibly be true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> the one to tell you this, James. <laughs> None of this makes sense to me, Dennis. Uh, so yeah, we uh, Joe and I talked about doing uh, a 20 year. Um, anniversary show we got everybody that's ever been involved in the band together and we had a great time and we just kind of figured after that let's let's pick it up and and see how fun it'll it'll stay and um you know joe since um you know kept busy again with rise against and and his stuff uh so we moved on with our our friend nat playing bass but we've actually got to the point now where not only is it fun playing these shows and everybody's you know for once on the same page we're writing new music and we're going to kind of see what the next step is after that. Watching Joe's ascent in Rise Against was that was that weird? It was. It was weird. It was. Um, I was a little. And that's bitter. not a, that's not a negative statement. No, right? no, no, because solid band, solid performance, yes. solid songwriting. Yes. weird in the sense that you came up with him and. This is the kid. This is a kid who, uh, very early on in eighty uh, eight um, days. Uh, we had an opportunity to tour to at least do a handful of shows with one of our favorite bands growing up, Seven Seconds. Mm. And uh, at the time, Joe was going to school at Triton College. I, for the life of me, I can't remember what he was studying for, but he had to say no 
to that because he said, I can't leave school. Now, this is a guy who <laughs> I don't think he finished up what he needed to do at Triton, but for the ironic part is, you know, 20 years later, Joe doesn't have to worry about school unless it's his kid's no. school ever again, you know? <laughs> no, they're doing okay. They're doing all right. <laughs> they're doing all right. Uh, so, you know, it was. It was weird at first because Rise Against first album had a couple of songs that were going to be potential 88 songs. Um, so it was weird to hear those. But, you know, once I got over that, and that took, you know, a couple months tops. Um, it's been a real treat to see them to play the the coolest shows and the weirdest shows. Yeah. You know, with all the radio sponsored stuff that's happening now. I'm like, sure, let's play a festival at Lincoln Park. <laughs> the money's right. I guess that's okay. <laughs> So, 88 Fingers Louie is uh, back. It's not a full-time thing, but right. 88 Fingers Louie exists. Mm-hmm. Tell me about songwriting. Is that still going on with you? Are you? Are, you, are yeah. there lyrics crunching in your head right now? Yeah. I've got uh, I've got the trusty old notepad out. We've got about, I think at last count, we're about five or six songs in. Um, so, that's like 10 minutes of material right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say twelve. Okay. Let's say twelve. We got a we got a prog rock song in there somewhere. Oh, good. We might have stretched it to four minutes. If you like Gentle Giant, you'll love eighty eight yes, fingers, Louis. Exactly. Perfect perfect comparison. Um so that's been it's been neat. It's been a, it's been it's been interesting to see what, what, what Dan and John and Nat come up with musically, and it's also been kind of a challenge for me because um I wrote songs about girls by default back way back when yeah you're supposed yeah. to right right i guess <laughs> that's the gig and nowadays it's like oh there's there's a hell of a lot more to talk about than 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 girls i mean you know i love my girlfriend to death and i'm sure there'll be a song or two <laughs> on some new 88 stuff you know about her but yeah there's a lot more things have pissed me off over the years so it's been good to write that stuff down we call that growing up yeah i guess, yeah. So. I guess yeah, so talking about your old fans and their kids going to see you riot fest I mean, there it is, that cross-generational thing. Yeah. How validating. That, I, I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever top that. That was so insanely crazy seeing, seeing, you know, two generations of fans and seeing my kid, you know, my kid's seen the occasional 88 Club show. He's never seen me play in front of several thousand people, so it was... That was uh, worth it right there. Oh, yeah. He got there right at the nick of time. I had my girlfriend, I had every, you know, friends of mine, like... Let me know when he's here. I don't see him yet, and I don't know that we had two minutes before That's uh, amazing. stage time when I, I saw him in the crowd. Like it's out of a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's. All right, so we got this food from uh, Taqueria El Tapatio. Um, you got tacos, right? I sure did. Now, you said you like to play it pretty conservative at the, the Mexican restaurants. Yes. I, I don't have a stomach for the, uh, the spicy stuff, so I usually just go with the old cheese and sour cream. All right, so you got two tacos. Yes, sir. What kind do you get? Uh, steak. Steak, all right. And I... You got yourself a very handsome burrito. I, I thought you'd never notice. <laughs> I got myself a chorizo burrito because I oh. want to make my night difficult. Well, there you go. So we're going to break these open here. This is this is warm. This is dense. Feel this. Wow, you're that's not a, kidding. That's going to be in me soon. Yeah, it'll be out you soon enough, too. <laughs> Here, I got a cup holder. All right. Embrace it. And Boom. now, Dennis, you get to enjoy the discomfort of trying to eat an actual dinner in the front seat of a Mazda 3. And as you'll notice, it is extra precarious for me. Yeah. Because of the steering wheel. Yeah. 
you, you've got the you've got quite the mission ahead of you. And I'm balancing electronics on my on my thigh, <laughs> so I can't spill on my thigh. No, if you're gonna spill anywhere. Don't spill on your thigh. But you know, it's interesting. You chose this place, and it looks like so many other taquerias in Chicago. Yeah, I don't know what makes a taqueria a good one. As opposed, I, mean, I, I truly don't know the difference. Right. We could go to ten of these tonight, have ten different burritos, and I'm not sure I could tell you which one was better and why it was. I, I think you're right, but there's something about something about being um, this close to so many Mexican restaurants. I I moved back to the city from several years out in um, the Northwest Burbs. That mm-hmm. you know, I I couldn't walk down the street to a Mexican restaurant. Right. I could literally walk five minutes and hit a great place. Right now. And I could truly eat Mexican food every day. Chips and guac? Yep. Done. That's good breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God. A Mexican breakfast? Like <laughs> Cuevos Rancheros? Hell yeah. Yes, sir. My girlfriend and I um, occasionally will make uh, um, chorizos. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll add some scrambled eggs onto the side. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a great breakfast right there. All right, the chorizo burrito is kind of delicious. <laughs> i got to be honest. I that love looks, this. That looks amazing. I cannot say enough good things about the steak burrito. And know. we are not drunk. No. I, I'm not drunk. I, no. I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> no, unless uh, there's alcohol and there's Coca-Cola. I'm, mm. I'm stone cold sober. There is never so much... There's never too much sour cream on anything. So I want to... Agreed. I want to compliment, compliment the help on a... Very generous portion of sour cream. So thinking about touring, looking back on that, for as hard of a grind as it most certainly was, what were some of the highlights? I mean, besides the actual performances, like, what what were some of those fun things you remember from being out on the road with the guys? Oh, I mean, taking in the, you know, the limited amount of scenery we got to experience, that was always fun, you know. First time I saw palm trees as a grown-up was on tour, you know. And I, it had probably been <laughs> 15 years since I'd seen anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, from a, you know, generic tourist standpoint, it was always great to see stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, getting a chance to go to Europe. It was, some shows were weird, some shows were amazing, but those points in between when you're, you know, when you're steps away from the Berlin Wall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and being there just as they were building the museum um, was, was a trip. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I'm not a musician. I've never been on tour. I did travel for business for a couple of years. I always felt like, similar to what you were saying, if I'm here working, like, I want to see what I can. Like yeah. this, is, this is my chance. I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. If I'm in Austin, okay, I want to go see the bats fly out from under the bridge. If I'm in right. Los Angeles, I want to walk on a movie lot. Like mm-hmm. This is my chance. I'm here. Someone's paying for me to do it. Live it up while you can. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's that hurry up and wait scenario that you hear a lot of musicians say, and it's absolutely true. Your loading is always, you know, eight hours before stage time. Mm-hmm. So it's like haul ass to your next destination, but, you mm-hmm. know, your hotel's not going to be within driving distance. You, you might, you're, you're better off just hanging out and seeing what you can in the limited amount of time you have. Absolutely. Before you get on stage. And, you know, for the most part, I you know I made as much use of that as I could. There were obviously places you know in the middle of Kansas where there's not, not yeah, a lot been, going on. I've been in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> Once you pass Lawrence, really, it's it is truly downhill. Yes. Actually, there's no hill. 
No, it, there's it's it's one straight line. Uh huh. Yeah. It is. I think actually once you pass Topeka, it is all just flat land. Yeah. Deadly dull. And for a touring band, like there to me, there's no point in going west of the Mississippi because mm-hmm. it's just too much travel right. to get to any significant market. Oh yeah. I mean, you you know you're, and I'm I'm certainly not, you know, making it sound like we did you know this crazy heavy amount of touring, but when your drives are enough that ten hours seems like a, you know, seems like a breeze. Oh, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got this. You know, was anything under twelve hours was like, oh, that's totally cool. But then once you hurt that, hurt, you know, hit that 13, 14 hour mark, it's like, oh god, we're never gonna get there. Why am I doing this? And like you said, back in the day where you're drinking beer like water, mm-hmm. finding you know the people who are willing and able to to steer the van. Right. Well, we had we had we always had Joe. Joe Joe's uh. Joe's been uh, one of them newfangled straight edge kids for mm, that's right. a very long time, so that was never that was never really an issue. And if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I was really the only guy that drank back then. <laughs> okay. I had a I had an Irish reputation to live up to. I understand that. Yeah. So, um, so I think it was definitely an exercise in patience for those guys, especially back then. Like, all right, is he going to fly off the handle about something dumb, or is he going to cry about something dumb? You have a big temper. I did back then. Therapy has definitely helped. You know, we, we all do things when we're younger. Yeah. <laughs> I look back on stuff I did and said and think, really? I hope people don't ascribe those characteristics to me in the modern day, because that's not who I am now. No, yeah. <laughs> I did an interview with my um, my friend Ryan's podcast, Anxious and Angry, and I talked about um, I, I, just the smallest things I would fly off to handle about. Like, literally... You know, here I am at 43 years old. You know, the stuff that bothered me at 23, 24 was, like, man, <laughs> right? Life, life, life is so much different, and priorities are so much different now. Do you have napkins, by the way? Uh, let me double check. I don't want to be a napkin hog. Oh, I do. Okay, good because I, I'm going through napkins super fast <laughs> on this burrito. I've, I've gotten about halfway through without incident. But I feel like we're at the breaking point here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm at the tail end of this first taco where stuff's starting to come out the uh, other end. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the taco. I, no, I'm with you. I'm following you. Your car will be safe. I promise. Here's the tricky thing about this time of year: I can never get the internal temperature of my car right. <laughs> when it's cold outside, I need to turn on the defrost. Right. But the second I turn on the defrost, it gets too warm, and that's the case right now. But if I turn it off, it'll get too cold, and then the windows will fog over. I, I can't win. I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> I'm going to turn the, the heat off, and we'll see what happens. Okay. But it, this is life in Chicago in the wintertime. Oh, my God. I'm still freezing right now. See, I told you. I'm I freezing. Uh, this horchata, by the way, I know you're not an horchata fan, um, is so good. <laughs> I've had a lot of really weak or kind of milky horchata lately. This is a very vanilla cinnamon horchata. It's surprisingly delicious. That is good. I, I, good to hear. The horchata takes the uh, takes the edge off some of the heat. <laughs> And I, I obviously nobody can see this right now, but I neglected to get um, eating utensils because I thought I'm going to eat this taco <laughs> with no incident. So not only do I don't be a hero, man, not have a fork. I'm uh, I'm grabbing this meat with my with my fingers because I'm a savage, a filthy animal. <laughs> see, I, I know you mentioned your friend's podcast. Does he eat meat in a car? I don't think so. No, no. No, no, no. We uh, 
he's he, he definitely goes mobile, but I don't think he's broached the uh, the automobile angle yet. Here's what scares me: trademark that so we, nobody else does. <laughs> Podcasting is so easy to do. I think there's still this belief that America has that it's really hard to put together a podcast. I worry for the day when everyone realizes how simple it is to do, <laughs> and everyone has a podcast. Because it's not hard. There are a couple things you need to figure out, like what platform to use, and right, you know, what equipment to use. But once you get past that, it's really easy to do. So we're at a dangerous point where everyone's going to have one, and it's going to be really hard to maintain my car-based food podcast niche. Coming in January 2016, my name is Dennis, and I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. There is grease just rolling down my hand. I literally felt like I put my hand in um, in, uh, in some of that snow. Uh-huh. I am... I feel kind of disgusting now. <laughs> when I when you don't look at the at the wrapping mm-hmm. that, that encased your uh, uh-huh. your burrito, then you're okay. I'm, I took a, a glance at the uh, wrapping over this last taco, and I'm, I'm starting to get scared myself. And... It, as you can see, like I'm too far in, I can't stop now. No, <laughs> I just have this this chunk left, and I need to finish it, and it's dripping, <laughs> glistening grease all over me. Oh man, mm-hmm. glistening grease! I think you just named my podcast. Yeah, or a new album, really. <laughs> What's next for Eighty Eight Fingers, Louis? We have um, a show at the Double Door coming up, um, January thirtieth. And then we... Now, did you play Double Door a lot back in the day? We never played Double Door. I, I, this will be our first show. I didn't want to presume that you hadn't, but it didn't sound right to my ears. We'd always, you know, we were we were fortunate to play the Metro a couple times. We did the Vic in the Riv with, mm-hmm. um, I think Rancid was one or both of those shows. Um, but, you know, we, we stuck with uh, Fireside Bowl for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, but no, never, never played Double Door, so it's... It'll be kind of neat, especially in light of the will they or won't they uh, fly the fly the coop. You know, we we be, we may yeah. very well be one of the last bands playing there. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. better late than never. Yeah, exactly. Really. Um, so yeah, it's the end of January, and then we uh, we're uh, going to continue writing, start start getting some stuff recorded, figure out what we're going to do from there, and then uh, we just got added on to uh, Punk Rock Bowling's uh, new New Jersey. Um, a version of the festival um, awesome. that'll, be in, that'll be in June. That's awesome. Yeah. I love this. Well, I'm, I'm glad you guys figured out how to proceed and move forward. Me too. This, this, is, <laughs> this is a great thing. And, they, you know, like we were saying, old and new fans coming together. It's just, it's awesome. Good time punk rock, period. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's a trip seeing, you know, people your kid's age. Bringing, bringing their parents and comparing notes and it's, it's it'll never stop being surreal and I hope and I hope it doesn't because this has been this has been one hell of a time and I still smile broadly when I hear stuff like pent up and blink and <laughs> under the covers and yeah uh, we don't play under the covers anymore but we've uh, we still throw pent up and, and blink in there and that's always Blink especially because that was kind of the song that put us on the map. Whenever we don't even have to announce that we're going to go into this song, as soon as Dan starts playing, it's like, all right, we know this song. Mm-hmm. This, if, if if nothing else, this song's going to get people jumping. They might not, 
<laughs> they might be too tired to jump, you know, before and after that, but this will be the one damn song we know they're going to go crazy for. Yeah, at this point, at our advanced age, Dennis, and people may jump and say, oh, my hip. Yeah. In the middle of the show. You're, you're this not is- kidding. I, I've never been more grateful for uh, VIP sitting areas at shows than I am now. You know, I've said this before. One of my great problems with going to concerts is other people are there. <laughs> you know what's bad when a band that you really, really like and friends that you really, really like are playing and you think, oh, God, I hope too many people don't know about this show. It's for real. Yeah. It, it's like when you sit on an airplane and hope that as you watch all the people come on, oh, I hope no one's sitting in my row or right. next to me. Exactly. That's ex- the same, same frame of mind. I just need my space. I, I'll enjoy this a lot more if my space is maintained. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's a punk rock question. You know, punk rock shows usually have like 50 bands on the bill. <laughs> You're not that far off. No. I try to be open-minded, but at some point, I think a fatigue sets in before you get to the headliner. Yes. I agree. And, and that- it's not... I, I love music. Yeah. But at some point, it's like, oh, Wow. Band number four is on stage now. Holy mm-hmm. crap! I just want to want to see Dennis do his thing. <laughs> we, uh, if if it was up to me, if, actually, if it was up to me, we would keep the the light up to three bands only. But we've you know we'll extend it to four, sometimes five if it's you know friends from out of town or whatever. But yeah, I mean, just speaking as somebody that you know doesn't go to as many shows as he used to go, but when I do go, it's like. If I don't think that all four or five bands are going to be as good, if not better, than the headliner, then, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling up band number three. Yeah, and, I mean, I get it from the, the punk rock community aspect, like, hey, we want to help these guys out. Or, you know, right. someone did this for us back in the day. We yes. want to be able to, you know, it's like the pay-it-forward punk yeah. rock style. I totally yeah. get that. But, it, you know, in my advanced age... It's hard for me to maintain that momentum. I'll be, I'll be 100% honest with you. Yeah, and, and, I admire guys that can still do that. You know, mm-hmm. Dan, Dan has no problem. Uh, you know, Loden's at six. First band's up up at eight. He's he'll be at the side of the stage coming eight o'clock. I'm I'm taking a nap in the van. Yeah, we, you need to pull your strength. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and so El Tapatio or Taqueria El Tapatio. I'm perfect again. I don't know the difference between a good Taqueria and a bad Taqueria. I thought this was good. I give this a. Uh, I give this four out of five. I don't know why I'm not going to give it a five because I guess maybe the only way it would become a five is if those uh, tacos had gold in them. Well, we should actually reserve ratings for another several hours. Let's let's see <laughs> oh. how the let's see how the night progresses. Yeah, let's see when it when when it hits us and, yeah. how, and how bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, dude, it, it is such a pleasure to have you sitting shotgun in my car. Thanks, man. Thanks. Love the band. Think you're great. Really cool to have you here. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Carcone Carne is on the World Wide Web, carconecarne.com. Uh, you can find Carcone Carne on Twitter, at Carcone Carne. And if you'd like, you can help contribute to the future of car-based food podcasting. Uh, a mere dollar a month helps ensure the future and ensure that more chorizo burritos will be consumed <laughs> in, uh, for your entertainment. Uh, Patreon is how you get that done. There's a link right from uh, the Twitter page and from the web page. Dennis, thanks again. Thank you, sir. And I'm James Van Ostel. Thank you for listening.